spoon You're home for the stuff you're thinking anyway Hey everybody, I'm Fish And I'm Steve And welcome to the Ear Spoon found at theearspoon.com And wherever you download your flipping podcasts <laughs> flipping. <laughs> flipping I love it flipping. Let's go Let's go straight beaver cleaver sort of non-swearing today no matter how passionate we feel, I can do that. You try it? I just have to. I just have to pretend like I'm back on the radio. That's exactly right. And I, I, I and I. Have to, this is what I did when my son was born. I, I started to change everything to gosh and golly. Really? Yeah. For a while, and then until he got hip enough to like swear, and he's like, <laughs> you know, he's a good swearer now. So <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna do it, but if we're gonna do a, a, a swear-free podcast, <laughs> then I can't do what I was gonna do. I e- challenge you, e- even even as a joke. <laughs> <laughs> my, yeah, fuck that. Yeah. What? <laughs> oh, oh, ruined. Oh, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepared to die. <laughs> oh, you're off the hook. Yeah. Moving right. on. There we go. Uh, all right. So uh, what are the kids calling her these days? AOC. AOC. Yeah. Which stands for? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I wanted uh, Steve to say it because he's, uh, he's been perfecting it. I got it down. I've had it down for a while. So, so. Uh, here's the thing with, with her now. I, I watched this uh, thing with her, uh, like a five-minute clip about basically how she saw how the entire... Did you see this clip? I'm so glad you saw that, and I'm so glad we're talking about it. So, I mean, it's just it's just brilliant. Yeah, it kind of is. And, and, and if you won't mind me just, just waxing on about that for a second, one of the reasons that the Republicans hate her, because they don't know what to do with her, because they recognize that she is a force to be reckoned with as a 29-year-old. They like to dismiss her as dumb or stupid or whatever, which is both sexist and racist and many other things, but far from true. But that's what true. they do. It's what they do. Listen, if right. there's one thing that they do well, it's that. Yeah, right. <laughs> you got to have a skill set. Right. So she, and for those who haven't seen the clip, maybe we can post it on the website, but by now it's pretty viral. But she explains the funding of elections and the funding of you know political action committees and, and private you know doers to get their people elected and then to shape uh, legislation in their favor in, in particular industries and so forth and she asked these questions in open session uh, of experts Walter Schaub being somebody I follow on uh, Twitter who's a, an ethics uh, expert former uh, government employee. Uh, anyway, so she nails it. She just walks in. She's asking yes and no questions. She walks it through. And when you're done with it, it is airtight, rational, logical, and smart. And so this is a core description of how governance and how people are empowered to skew and affect legislation away from the needs of the many to the profit needs of the very few. And this is how this isn't just one isolated incident. It is the core of how we do politics and government right now. Right. And so she puts this out here, again, allowing that she's also an expert on Instagram and Twitter and so forth. She has she has it down. She has, and the other thing I think it's great about her is people come at her all the time with like, oh yeah, there's another thing. Oh, you don't understand another thing. And she knocks their knees out every single time, pretty politely, generally, and more, and redirects it back to the subject at hand. And she is, she's like a ninja. You know, and like I, I dare say, and if you don't mind me patting myself on the back a little bit, I called it early. I followed her early when I, she first announced and was challenging this guy, Joe Crowley, for the, the position she's now in as a representative. He was there 20 plus years or 20 years. And she knocked him out at the knees by speaking truthfully, passionately, and honestly. And the American public is reverberating with this. The younger people are reverberating with this. And the Republican Party, the greatest threat to, the, to humanity that I can think of, is really freaked out because they don't know how to contain it. 
Well, listen, I, I just want to play. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that most of our folks who are who listen to the podcast have have seen or or at least heard this. I hope you have anyway. But if not, the Washington Post entitled "These Payments to Women Were Unseemly." That doesn't mean they were illegal. Well, I can't see the piece, but I wrote a piece under that headline in the post, so I assume that's, that's right. That's uh, Bradley okay. Smith. Great. So, yes, it certainly is. So, for hush money, I can do all sorts of terrible things. It's totally legal right now for me to pay people off. Can and you pause that for one second? I want to just say one thing. She set a precedent. If she wanted to be a bad person, so when she's talking the first person, the minutes before that, she's talking about some what ifs. So, and she's and from here, she's asking questions like, how can bad people get away with illicit intent and screwing over the public? Right. That money is considered speech. <clears throat> so I use my special interest dark money funded campaign to pay off folks that I need to pay off and get elected. So now I'm elected, now I'm in. I've got the power to draft, lobby, and shape the laws that govern the United States of America. Fabulous. Now, is there any hard limit that I have? Perhaps, uh, Mrs. Hobart Flynn, is there any hard limit that I have in terms of what legislation I'm allowed to touch? Are there any limits on the laws that I can write or influence especially if I'm uh, based on the uh, special interest funds that I accepted to finance my campaign and get me elected in the first place. There's no limit. So there's none. So I can be totally funded by oil and gas. I can be totally funded by big pharma. Come in, write big pharma laws, and there's no limits to that whatsoever. That's right. Okay. So, awesome. Now, uh, now Mr. Marabani, the last thing I want to do is get rich with as little work possible. That's really what I'm trying to do as the bad guy, right? So is there anything preventing me from holding stocks, say, in an oil or gas company, and then writing laws to deregulate that, that industry and cause, you know, that could potentially cause the stock value to soar and accrue a lot of money in that time? You could do that. So I could do that. I could do that now with the way our current laws are, are set up. Long, awkward pause. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> my last question is, or one of my last questions, I guess I'd say, is, is it possible that any elements of this story apply to our current government and our current public servants right now? Yes. Yes. So we have a system that is fundamentally broken. We have these influences existing in this body, which means that these influences are here in this committee shaping the questions that are being asked of you all right exactly now. Exactly right. Would you say that that's correct, yes. Mr. Marabani? Or Mr. Uh, Shelby? I thought you yes. were asking me. <laughs> all right, so. <laughs> she already knows how you're going to answer. <laughs> in relation to congressional oversight that we have, the limit. I'm going to stop. Right. This is my favorite part. Oh, good. This is my favorite. It's Walter Shelby, and then people, if you don't know him, look him up. He's a pretty impressive character that are placed on me as a congresswoman compared to the executive branch and compared to say the president of the united states would you say that congress has the same sort of standard of accountability are there is there more teeth in that regulation in congress on the president or would you say it's about even or more so on the federal um, in terms of laws that apply to the president, mm -hmm. yeah, there's just almost no laws at all that apply to the president. So I'm being held, and every person in this body is being held to a higher ethical standard than the president of the United States. 
That's right, because there are some committee, uh, ethics committee rules that apply. And it's already super legal, as we've seen, for me to be a pretty bad guy. So it's even easier for the President of the United States to be one, I would assume. That's right. Thank you very much. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you very much. I'm sorry, could you be any clearer? No, I really don't think so. And, and here is the piece of legislation that I would like to put forth. Oh. All right. Yes. I have this. I'm going to draft this document. Proceed, Congressman. And I'm going to see that on uh, on on her next birthday mm-hmm. that we just deem her 35. Uh, that that's soon? fine. Yeah, that's I've had good. years like that that felt like five. So yeah, five yeah. or six. You know, yeah. that's it. She's going to turn 30. <laughs> nah, you're right. going to turn 35. Going to throw you right into the well, ring. I mean, look, I, whether or not she wants it, she's probably going to serve us better uh, doing these kind of things. And the rights heads are flipping it's like jiffy yeah my feeling is this and and i I think it also speaks to the cult of personality hero worshipy side of american politics where people see a bright shiny object like a beto o'rourke and they say he we should make him president i don't think people really understand the three branches very well i don't think they understand the the limits and abuses of the executive branch they also we also do live in a time of you know, if you have to look right and you have to have the right name to win mm-hmm. things. So I get that there's both superficial and substantive happening at the same time. But a 29-year-old, you know, she's a couple of months, quite literally, well, let's say a month, I mean, technically since January, in office. Slow it down, people. There are a lot of really qualified right. people. Yeah. I'm a little little... I'm a little concerned about the Democratic pack of uh, presidential candidates. I don't really uh, see anybody I can really get behind uh, just yet. What but, was it? I was watching. Uh, what was it? Uh, uh, meet the Press. Mm, uh, sorry. Was it? Yeah. Oh come on! Don't you? You don't like Chuck no, Todd? No, I can't stand. I can't stand any of those talking head things. You oh know? really? Yeah, yeah, I find them fascinating. You get little things, and plus they have Chris Christie on, and and I got I got oh, I got I got. <laughs> Endless Chick-fil-A jokes. <laughs> uh, so I have a, a cornucopia of, of, uh, of, uh, of jokes. Uh, but he was saying basically the if Elizabeth Warren were to run, you could just hand the election over to, uh, oh. to Trump. She's the first one should walk away, I think. You know, I could, I could list three right now that should walk away. Um, you want me to? Sure. <laughs> Why not? Uh, Tulsi Gabbard. Sorry. I'm sorry. There's just way too much negatives there. There's way too much explaining her anti-LGBTQ positions, explaining her uh, uh, affinity for Assad and, and other dictators. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, backing her father's stance as a as a an anti-LGBTQ uh, uh, activist. Blah right. blah blah. So walk away. You know, give it another ten years. Let's see what happens. I would say Elizabeth, uh, what's her face, Warren. The whole uh, Native American thing. That's just an absolute detonation to your to your future as the president. I, I say all this advisedly because look at what the hell we've got as president right now. So like you know all bets I, yeah, are I, off. I was right? going to let you finish and then so, I was going right, to slap right, you with right. that. But go ahead. Right. And like oh yeah, let's talk about the the billionaire who gets primetime real estate on CNN to talk about his wish to be president, dude. You're never going to be president. Why do billionaires get to be in primetime television? Right. But, <laughs> now, now shut up and shut get up. me a dark right. roast. <laughs> this is not the, right. This is not the time. Uh, and I'm not yet sold on Kamala Harris. She feels really insincere to me. Really? You know? Yeah. She. I mean, I like some of her policy stuff. I think she's got a lot to be uh, held to account for her activities uh, as the Attorney General in, in California. Mm-hmm. But she's playing. I feel like I'm being played. She's like playing like the ideal, like something out of West Wing. You know? Like, and you there's a I don't know. I, I I know this about policy, but I don't trust her. I just feel this like don't BS me here. All right. I'm not swearing. See, no. Nope. Um, so right. I just I'm not feeling it yet. 
Cory Booker, walk away, dude. Walk away. Really? Walk yeah. away. I, you know what? It, it's so hard because he, here's where. All right, I'll tell you what. Let's take a quick break. What? And when we come back, I I, I want to talk about the ever the never ending circle of of Dems lefts snatching victory from uh, uh, snatching oh, I'm defeat. Happy to have that conversation. Snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. Right. And is it is it because we're not unified or is it because we're too unified? I have apparently strong feelings on that. Happy to talk about it. All right, right after this. More at theearspoon.com. One of our favorite things to do while we're doing the podcast, Mm -hmm. drink Mocha Joe's coffee. We really need to get a sound effects library. <laughs> All right, but that was inadequate, but it was real. It was real, authentic. And, and Mocha Joe's uh, has, has started here in our little hamlet of Brattleboro, Vermont, in yes. the late '80s, yes. and has boomed. And they uh, they do all kinds of great uh, products, and have swag. You can go to their website, mochajoes.com, yeah. order coffee by the pound, uh, and we uh, we eat it by the pound here. We do. I don't. I prefer just to eat the beans straight. Straight. No, a crunchy not a little true. bit. One of my favorite things about Mocha Joe's is mm. the fact that they support the the farmer. Yeah, you know they really do. They have the fair trade coffees that they they go after all the time. They're constantly uh, traveling around and yeah. And I got to say that I mean that's one of the first places I ever heard of the term fair trade when I first got here twenty years ago. They were talking about this well before I think a lot of other people. And certainly it's now quite a thing. But being hip to how you supply your people and your your customers and caring at all and. Also, I mean, it ultimately winds up being a good economic choice, but they're just, it's the rightest thing to do. And, and, and farmers get kind of screwed, and Mocha Joe's makes sure that they don't. That's right. And it's one of the reasons why uh, we just love having them as part of the podcast and uh, hope to have them for years to come. Amen. So go check it out, mochajoes.com. If you live uh, here locally, of course, you just stop down at the little cafe. <sighs> That's one of the coolest shops in town. Definitely is. This is the Ear Spoon with Fish and Steve. All right, welcome back to the podcast. This is The Earspoon, found at theearspoon.com from uh, live. eh, Well, we're live now. Yeah, I feel alive. From from The Earspoon Studios. My Fitbit says I'm alive, so it's good enough for me. Look at that. (laughs) Uh, How many steps do you have today? Not much, dude. I've been sitting on my butt. Uh, 1,500, 1,600. Okay. I don't want to be a show off. <laughs> I know. I'm, a, I'm aiming for ten thousand every day. It's not yeah. happening. No, it's it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. I had to go for uh, one for uh, uh, a, a a lunchtime run huh? with uh, with my pooch, uh. Dooch. So, uh, all right. So he, here we go. I'm ready. And, and this is the ever never ending circle of frustration for me that Dems, Lefts, whatever you want to call yourself, people who I consider vote. Um, responsibly when they step into the booth. You just mean left of the 50-yard line on this. Yeah, whatever. Because a leftist is not a liberal, and a liberal is not a Democrat. Right. So, you know, so, but they seem to, at the end of the day, make, um, kind of vote for the same person or the same body or have the same objections to the same people. Lesser of two evils, And, you know, like uh, Kamala Harris and, and, and Cory Booker. I mean, these are people that I like. Um, and yet I don't feel confident about. Now, why is that? I mean, do we, are we just, and, and I'll tell you why, and I do have a theory behind that, that, that Trump has skewered us to what a normal candidate looks like, so much so that we doubt anybody that's put up there. 
And this is this That's is a, a, a circle that, that I see happening, and I'm not sure how to get off it. I'm not sure because there's one thing that's for sure, left – Leftists, uh, Democrats, uh, liberals, whatever you want to call. It. I mean, we can't mm. even come together and call ourselves one thing. There, you know, no. progressives. Um, so, whereas, well, good, I say, huh? <laughs> you know, good. The more, the merrier. The more mixes and personalities. Yeah, but the at the better. end of the day, I agree. At the end of the day, you all have to be unified and step into the booth and vote for that one person that's going to improve all this shit. I, I. That's tactically true, and I'll, but let me expand. No, it's not tactically true. It's just true. Okay. If we don't all step into a booth, and you, and I mean, this is kind of that. Those so those third party candidates, even though I support them full throated, wholeheartedly, mm. being a part of the conversation, they're not really. But here, they just I hear you fray the vote. Yeah, and I'm, I'm Ralph Nader is a great example of that. I did that on purpose so that you all get right. all worked. No, I'm out. not going to even go there. It takes too long. All right. Um, I, you know, I will vote for the person that will defeat the Republican Party, and yeah. that will not be a third party candidate. It will be a Democrat. Whoever's the nominee in 2020 will get my vote. But let me say this: when people pop up, it's like a freaking whack a mole. People say, "I'm thinking about running for president." Like, "Oh, you can't because of this, that, and the other thing." Let them run. Yeah. Give them half a year to be torn out and, and inspe- inspected and, and like, you know, who knows what kind of Me Too thing will come forward for right. somebody. So let it happen. I, for all the people I listed, it's like, have a seat. My, the answer is, actually, no. Just march yourself out and, and let's have a conversation about values. Let's have a conversation about tactics. Let's have a conversation about what a Democrat is supposed to be, whatever that happens to be. We have reached the point where the the... There's really no room for conversation. It's like an instant on, instant off. It's like that, you know, that MTV kind of, you know, camera work has turned into real life and we're all like boom, 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 boom. we can't even focus. So let people yarn themselves out, let them discuss what they're doing, let their tires be kicked by the journalists and by the public at large and let them say what they need to say. Let's have this conversation. But we don't have this conversation and the other piece I'll say that that fits in right on the end of that is that we're also talking about a Democratic Party who, as of the 1980s, saw the Republicans and Ronald Reagan get have success with bullshit. Sorry, swearing, but they had success with bullshit and corporate whoring, if you'll forgive the term. But they have reached this in in many ways the same way for decades now. And now the progressive left is moving forward. It's reverberating with the younger people. It's reverberating with the country, particularly after what we've been through with economic downturns and this nightmare orange menace. So now is the time, in my view, to go not hard left. You can't alienate that much, but certainly left to say with with pride and with a degree of of full-throatedness, like AOC is saying, it's okay to want people's needs met. It's okay to give people from the tills, the massive tills that build walls and militaries, it's okay to feed children. It's okay to house people. It's okay to do things for regular working people. And if the Democrats can embrace that with pride, like Bobby Kennedy did, then you are the greatest version of the Democratic Party in my lifetime. See, I think that as as people on that on this side of the fence, um, things like... Uh, <clears throat> Like Nancy Pelosi. All right. Mm-hmm. Here's a great example. All right. Nancy Pelosi, when she originally ran and all of those things, I mean, she was everything. And, and, and then we all got sick of her. And then she started, then she became Speaker of the House. Mm-hmm. Right. And then she's just like with the sarcastic claps in Trump's face mm-hmm. and, and the, uh, you know, no, no, we won't give you a nickel for your border wall. Go ahead and shut the government down. Right. I call your shit. Right. I call you out on your shit. You will not bully us. This is our thing. And then we all fell back in love with her. And then she kind of, and then, and then she went, <laughs> And, and then we all sort of said, oh, yeah. 
burn her, burn her again. What was it? Um, she said oh, she was. Look, she's the leader of the House of Representatives, the, the majority leader. She's the. She knows everything that's going on. The woman is known for her skill set for having full control of of everything. She knows all the parts. She's playing three level chess at all times. When she says to someone's interview, "Oh, that green dream or whatever they're talking about," it's like it's purposefully dismissive. It's per- purposefully insulting. AOC, to her credit, didn't didn't allow the insult to stick and right. said, "Yeah, it is a dream. This is a dream we should all have." Blah, 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 blah. But Nancy Pelosi was being snarky and rude and saying, "We, the centrist Democrats, will not allow you to have your dream of saving the goddamn planet." Yeah. So there's so a she's lot. Back in the, yeah, so back she's back in the, the doghouse, right? You know, I so she's back in the doghouse for a moment. But you know, listen, we all have that relative that we love that sits around the Thanksgiving table and then they always say that one thing is like, Oh God, why did you say that? <laughs> Jesus It's not just one thing though. I mean she's she's got a history of and I will say I mean it when I say, in the last two years, her, my opinion of her has gone up. It wasn't very high, but it has gone up. She's quite a tactician and a, and a strategist, and she's in the right position and could potentially be the president if things go a certain way. So I'm not saying she's all bad, and I think she's more progressive than people realize in, in some instances and not in others. But when you have a stranglehold on the Democratic Party, like only a few people do, and the Democrats in the House, and you're putting forward corporatist policies. You're putting forward things that enhance banking that don't really do the bidding of regular working people, which are hollering and screaming now for help and assistance and relief. If you don't put that as your focus and then scream it loudly and proudly, then you're missing the boat. I I agree with you. But at some point in time, people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez have to unify this party Mm-hmm. So that when we all step into the into the booth, that the Republicans know they feel before they even step into the booth that they feel so so like shit. I'm not even going to go out. We're just not going to win. There has to be that candidate that we get behind so full throated, so yeah. wholeheartedly, a hundred percent push to over the finish line. This candidate will finish this race. This candidate will win this race. Right. And as a result of that, before we even step into the booth. Republicans are staying home. Well, trust and, me, and it and it will be that kind of movement. Because right now, where we sit right now, it's easier to name the Democrats that aren't going to run for president. Yeah, sure, I know. Get in line. Uh, twenty sixteen can't be compared to twenty twenty. Whatever that's going to wind up being. This and, I understand. We've gone through a portal and through a membrane, and we're on a different side of something. But I say for Democrats, especially anybody on the left of the of the fifty yard line. To have a conversation about values and tactics, to say how progressive are we, how conservative are we, how centrist are we, is valuable stuff. So unity I get just a few weeks before the the uh, nomination of, of the person who's going to be the Democratic nominee. Bernie Sanders in 2016 pulled the conversation to the left. Yep. All the players had to then respond to his, you know, let's acknowledge, you know, once – once in a lifetime sort of campaign that granted he didn't get the nomination, but he surely affected and there, and, the country. And that, but that that is where I'm telling he moved the needle right. more so than Hillary Clinton could have ever moved. One hundred percent. But the truth of the matter is centrists want to keep the needle away from the public and the people like AOC and Bernie come forward and say, Hey, here's I have a good sense of what the public wants and I think it's this and they go, Oh well, we begrudgingly allow you people to have something instead of the corporate loyalists, instead of the people 
people who were just Cory Booker, like making it easy for the pharmaceutical industry. You know, I like, know, really, I know, dude. I know. God, so where is the person that's going to run for for president who has the chops, <coughs> who can step up and say, you know what, life is really freaking hard for most people in this country, left or right, conservative or liberal or anything in between. It's really hard for working people. If you can galvanize and excite. 300 million people to step out and vote maybe for the first time and say like I'm actually you're speaking the language like Bernie to some extent did which I hope he doesn't run to be honest with you. Yeah you know um, but I, so th- there you go again right I mean that's the kind of shit I'm talking about. I mean here we go I mean and, and I agree with you. Yeah. I'm just I'm just I'm just being devil's advocate. Yeah, I, I agree it. with you. Mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders needn't run again. He won't. But his voice is important. His voice is infinitely important. Yeah. His voice is going to be more important to throw behind whatever candidate hit the trail yeah. with that person. We can't and, say hit the trail after yesterday's tweet. You didn't see this? I'm no, distracting. I'll tell you when we're over. Oh, okay. Elizabeth Warren, Donald Trump, Indians, Trail of Tears, terrible. He's a oh, terrible yeah. man. Yeah. Well, when terrible, it, terrible when man. It, when it comes to making uh, Indian jokes, Donald yeah. Trump has no reservations. Because genocide can be so... Hey, I'm Gee, sorry. Oh, I stepped right on your you horrible right dad joke. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Uh, all right. Anyway, that was horrible. Poorly was placed. Terrible. But listen, at some point in time, uh, yeah. all hail Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. All yeah. hail. As far as I'm in, I'm all in on this on this woman right. and, and, and what she brings to the floor, this and not just her fresh air i mean no and a lot of the other especially the women the new novice you know freshman women coming into this are full of of fire and they're ready to go and how much did you love did you watch any of the state of the union oh i can't do that are you kidding me i want to live (laughs) did did you see did you see any of the pictures of all of them dressed in white i did see that that fan freaking tastic yeah yeah all the more power i did also see elizabeth warren stand up when donald trump denounced socialism and applaud him that's kind of depressing but anyway must be because she's an Indian or something. Yeah, uh, there's that. Uh, All right, listen. We'll, 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 uh, unity is uh, is what we need here. Mandatory unity. Mandatory <laughs> unity. Oh, we meet Wednesday nights at seven here at the Earspoon Studios. <laughs> Although we can only fit two of you in here at a time. That's but all right. That's all right. So, uh, all right, listen, I uh, want to thank Mocha Joe's for bringing us the uh, bringing the podcast to you. Nice. Always appreciate it. Um, we we caffeinate through the entire thing. It's just that's yeah, the thing to do. I've been Fish. And I've still been Steve. And this has been the Earspoon, and you can get it wherever you download your podcast. Thank you. Peace out. Cheers. This is Earspoon. You're home for the shit you're thinking anyway. Wow.